Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've just prayed for and made a catechumen of the Orthodox Church. Andrews, welcome aboard. Uh, that is what I've come to say after making a catechumen, because there's always that, okay, is, are we done? Is that what, what, what happened? It's just like, welcome aboard. Uh, welcome to the path uh, of the Holy Church. We have, throughout the time of Lent, three Old Testament books that we're reading. We are reading Genesis, Proverbs, and Isaiah. And Proverbs has been the theme that I have been going to for pre-sanctified homilies. So we are going to be in Proverbs 10, if you want to read uh, this. It's actually a sign for tomorrow, so if you're reading along, you will cover this tomorrow. Well, actually, I think some of it is even today. So... Uh, as we read in the prayers over Andrew, one of the focuses of the church during this time and throughout our prayers, I'll give you an example. Enable him to walk in all your commandments and fulfill those things which are pleasing to you. Then we pray in the next prayer that he will flee from the vanity of the world, from the evil snare of the enemy and follow after your commandments. We've talked about and Lent especially puts before us what we find in the first few chapters of Genesis, that there are two ways. There is the path of paradise, life with God. And then there is the path that leads us away from God. And Proverbs especially hits upon these two trajectories. Proverbs chapter 10, and in starting in verse 16, the deeds of the righteous produce life. But the fruit of the ungodly produces sins. Here we have what we actually do. The commandments of God that he laid out for Adam and Eve. That he then, in guiding the patriarchs, that he revealed to Moses on Mount Sinai. That he is always guiding his people. It's not that God is mute. It's not that we are on a quest to figure out what God has said. But God has given us... Uh, scriptures he has given us especially the express image of himself in Jesus Christ who is the key to all of the Old Testament scriptures and there is in finding and reading of scripture we discover God and what God has to say to us what God lays out for us it is in the deeds of the righteous the life that God had for us set from the beginning that Adam and Eve were to continue in that was to produce life. But the fruit, you can hear an echo of fruit, right? Going back to Genesis 3, of the ungodly produces sins. Verse 17, because Proverbs fleshes out for us some specifics of what it would mean of the fruit of the ungodly. Discipline guards the ways of righteous life, but unchastened discipline goes astray. There is within the Orthodox Church, especially as we heard Father Stephen with the prayer behind the Ambon, this all-revered time of Lent that is given over to us for an increase of self-examination, of discipline, of guarding the way of life. 
This is the fulfillment of the commandments. This is what it means to walk and follow after God, to obey, to be disciplined, because there is this, not just the discipline of self-discipline, but you see here in this verse, discipline guards the way. So God disciplines us because unchastened discipline goes astray. The discipline of the Lord is something that Adam and Eve experienced, that we see Cain experiencing, that we see throughout Genesis, because we get to read these in tandem, right? We read Genesis and we read Proverbs, and we see the path of righteousness and the path of chastening, of the path of discipline and following God's commandments and the path of going astray and bringing the fruit The wages of sin is death, as Paul tells us in the letter to the Romans. And it is whether or not, Proverbs especially, over and over again, is are you listening? Wisdom calls out. Are you paying attention to what your father teaches you? Yes, your heavenly father, but also, children, your dad. (laughs) And your mom. Especially has an emphasis on dad. That you are listening because it will bring fruit into your life. And there is a chastening because what the wages of sin is death. If we go down the path, we're going to bring of our own because God gives us over to what we want to do. And when he gives us over to what we want to do, it is his form of punishment, of discipline. He says, okay, you want to go that way? You can run into the road. I'm going to stop yelling. Just run into the road. Obviously, this is not good parental advice. (laughs) But God allows us to spiritually run into the road. He tells us, he gives us every boundary, every voice that you can possibly, like naturally, obviously, you don't run into the road, especially out here on the turnpike. But we all know, we know. Our conscience tells us, our parents probably told us, if not that, then a teacher Something has warned us, and yet we go off the path, go astray. Specifically throughout Proverbs, because there's different themes throughout Proverbs, the next few verses hit upon a very particular thing that we pray about throughout Lent. Verse 18. Righteous lips cover enmity, but those who utter slander are most foolish. We know from St. James that the tongue is something that sets the world on fire. We all know what a stray comment from our lips, what rumors, what gossip, what things that come out of our lips, things immediately, as soon as we say it, we're like, I can't take that one back. It's gone now. Our spouse will usually let us know pretty quickly when that happens. It's harder when it's our children, when it's someone outside of the immediacy of our home, that our lips and the constant running of our lips gets us into trouble. Righteous lips cover enmity. Love, forgiveness, overlooking faults. Not as we pray in the prayer of St. Ephraim that we've repeated three times already this evening, that we do not regard 
the transgressions of our brother that we do not judge them, that we cover it. Usually that means, for righteous lips, that means silence. Or even better, saying something good, because we all have the thoughts of judgment. Here comes the thought of judgment. Instead, I'm going to parry that, I'm going to go the other direction, and I'm going to say something good to redeem, to fight off the heart that is corrupted. Because out of the heart, as we know from Solomon, right, all of the issues of life come forth. It doesn't take very long to be around somebody and hear what they have to talk about to understand what's going on inside of them. To see, as Proverbs tells us, the little bit of foolishness that we all engage in. Verse 19, by an abundance of words, you will not escape sin. But when you restrain your lips, you will be intelligent. There's some old proverb right there. I think you've probably heard. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. An abundance of words will not allow you to escape sin. An abundance of words tells us that there is a problem when we talk too much. There is fasting in the church where we refrain from certain foods, that we limit some of the intake, that we are reassessing our relationship to the created order so that we can give thanks and rightly worship the creator rather than the creature. There's also a fasting from talking. It is, at seminary, it had two days at the very beginning of Lent during clean week where we were not supposed to talk. Do you know how hard it is to not talk? It's very hard. Is that a child back in the <laughs> Talking too much. This is... Something because we think even notice it doesn't say just bad talking. It says the tongue of the righteous. Sorry, an abundance of words. You will not escape sin. You can also talk too much about things that are good. There's a time. There's a place. There's a setting in which you should talk about certain things. There's a time and a place. And there's certain ears that even if you have something good to say, they're not ready for it. They're not in a place where they can hear it. So sometimes, as in the verse previous, it's better for righteous lips to just cover enmity, to just refrain. Verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is purged silver, but the heart of the ungodly will come to an end. The restraining of our lips, the exercise of self-discipline of what we're talking about, what consumes our mind that then pours out of our lips... Is an exercise in faith, it's an exercise in hope, and it's an exercise in love. Faith, because we usually want to talk enough so that we're understood, so that we can self-justify, instead of just having faith in God that no matter what is happening, you know, someone might get the wrong opinion. It's okay. Have hope that you don't have to explain everything all at once in five minutes. Because more than likely, they, they're not ready to hear it. They can't receive it. And in love, because it, it means that you are attending to God. That there is a purging of the self in the restraint of your lips. Verse 21. The lips of the righteous 
No lofty things, but the foolish die in want. Let all mortal flesh keep silence. The lips of the righteous, the heart of the righteous, have many deep things to say. But they do not have to speak them. And finally, a blessing from the Lord is on the head of the righteous. This makes him rich, and no heartache is added to it. The path of the self-discipline of the lips, of the tongue, of covering over those that you wish to judge instead of letting loose your lips to cut them down, to purging yourself of too much talk that goes nowhere, that tries to self-justify, that goes in circles. There is the restraint of the tongue because the lofty things that in your silence you're actually able to comprehend, to be blessed by God. This is the blessing. This is the path of life. It is where, as we prayed just now for Andrew, it is the fulfillment of the commandments, the guarding of our lips, our tongues, so that they can, instead of careless words, of words of poison, we may give glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.